Ilyich's death. The mere fact of the death of a near acquaintance aroused, as usual, in all who heard of it, the complacent feeling that it is he who is dead and not I. Each one thought or felt, well, he's dead, but I'm alive. But the more intimate of Ivan Ilyich's acquaintances, his so-called friends, could not help thinking also that they would now have to fulfill the very tiresome demands of propriety by attending the funeral service and paying a visit of condolence to the widow. Fedor Vasilyevich and Peter Ivanovich had been his nearest acquaintances. Peter Ivanovich had studied law with Ivan Ilyich and had considered himself to be under obligations to him. Having told his wife at dinner-time of Ivan Ilyich's death and of his conjecture that it might be possible to get her brother transferred to their circuit, Peter Ivanovich sacrificed his usual nap, put on his evening clothes, and drove to Ivan Ilyich's house. At the entrance stood a carriage and two cabs. Leaning against the wall in the hall downstairs near the cloakstand was a coffin lid, covered with cloth of gold, ornamented with gold cord and tassels, that had been polished up with metal powder. Two ladies in black were taking off their fur cloaks. Peter Ivanovich recognized one of them as Ivan Ilyich's sister, but the other was a stranger to him. His colleague Schwartz was just coming downstairs, but on seeing Peter Ivanovich enter, he stopped and winked at him as if to say, Ivan Ilyich has made a mess of things, not like you and me. Schwartz's face, with his Piccadilly whiskers and his slim figure in evening dress, had, as usual, an air of elegant solemnity, which contrasted with the playfulness of his character, and had a special piquancy here, or so it seemed to Peter Ivanovich. Peter Ivanovich allowed the ladies to precede him, and slowly followed them upstairs. Schwartz did not come down, but remained where he was, and Peter Ivanovich understood that he wanted to arrange where they should play bridge that evening. The ladies went upstairs to the widow's room, and Schwartz, with seriously compressed lips, but a playful look in his eyes, indicated by a twist of his eyebrows the room to the right, where the body lay. Peter Ivanovich, like everyone else on such occasions, entered feeling uncertain what he would have to do. All he knew was that at such times it is always safe to cross oneself, but he was not quite sure whether one should make obeisances while doing so. He therefore adopted a middle course. On entering the room, he began crossing himself and made a slight movement resembling a bow. At the same time, as far as the motion of his head and arm allowed, he surveyed the room. Two young men, apparently nephews, one of whom was a high school pupil, were leaving the room, crossing themselves as they did so. An old woman was standing motionless, and a lady with strangely arched eyebrows was saying something to her in a whisper. A vigorous, resolute church reader in a frock coat was reading something in a loud voice with an expression that precluded any contradiction. The butler's assistant, Gerasim, stepping lightly in front of Peter Ivanovich, was strewing something on the floor. Noticing this, Peter Ivanovich was immediately aware of a faint odor of a decomposing body. The last time he had called on Ivan Ilyich, Peter Ivanovich had seen Gerasim in the study. Ivan Ilyich had been particularly fond of him, and he was performing the duty of a sick nurse. Peter Ivanovich continued to make the sign of the cross, slightly inclining his head in an intermediate direction between the coffin, the reader, 
and the icons on the table in a corner of the room. Afterwards, when it seemed to him that this movement of his arm in crossing himself had gone on too long, he stopped and began to look at the corpse. The dead man lay as dead men always lie in a specially heavy way, his rigid limbs sunk in the soft cushions of the coffin, with the head forever bowed on the pillow, his yellow waxen brow with bald patches under the sunken temples, was thrust up in the way peculiar to the dead, the protruding nose seeming to press on the upper lip. He was much changed, and grown even thinner since Peter Ivanovich had last seen him, but, as is always the case with the dead, his face was handsomer and above all more dignified than when he was alive. The expression on the face said that what was necessary had been accomplished, and accomplished rightly. Besides this, there was in that expression a reproach and a warning.